Hey everyone, it's Pacific, and welcome back to another episode of SCP Archives. Sorry we're off for a couple of weeks, I was traveling for work, uh, but I'm back home now, and uh, I got a bunch of new episodes ready for you. Speaking of which, I'm excited to announce that we finally have a proper release date for Class of 76. Um, in case you don't remember, we've been long at work on this series. Uh, we've delayed it several times now. Uh, just give the team extra time to work on it and really polish it and bring it to life. And I'm so excited to say it's finally coming out this October 19th. So mark your calendars, get ready. Um, we have uh, music from The Blasting Company made originally for this show. Uh, we have Brian David Gilbert as our guest star for the season. Uh, and just a wonderful cast and a really fun story. I think you're really going to like it. All of that to say, coming very soon. Um, what else? I think that's actually about it for this week. Uh, that's the big announcement. Class of 76, October 19th. But of course, no introduction would be finished without our patrons. And this week, I want to give a huge shout out to Mystery Chew, Ernst Haft, Greg Kermode, Dalton Heinz, Milo Johnson, Kendrick Rand, Nikolai Fliznez, Sickle Thunder 456, Dag, Hannah Laskowska, Tracy, and Schnoot Snoot. Thanks for your support, guys. It means the world, and it really does help us do what we do. Up next is a very brief ad break, and then this week's episode. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Warning, the Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Warning, the following file is restricted to Site-93 personnel only. Attempts to access this file without appropriate authorization are logged and will lead to immediate disciplinary action. Item number, SCP-7776. Object Class, Keter. Special Containment Procedures. As part of the unique circumstances regarding SCP-7776's effects, Site-93 acts as a largely independent facility with minimal oversight and contact with the Greater Foundation. Communication with the outside is via a rotating roster of three designated personnel, following sanitization directives found in the attached documentation titled Obscuring Communication. Personnel are prohibited from unauthorized recording of images or videos by any means. Permission may be granted for personal photography of special occasions. In order to ensure privacy, 
Site-93's property has been fitted with several monitored, but automated, anti-air systems as well as three strategically placed sniper outposts. Personnel not assigned to Site-93 are not permitted within 10 kilometers. Foundation documentation regarding Site-93 is to describe the site in broad terms, specifying that it contains a cognitohazardous object, as well as general summary of the above communication restrictions. It is also required to broadly describe the defensive emplacements mentioned above. Knowledge of SCP-7776 must be limited to a maximum of 200 individuals at any given time. Individuals outside the Foundation who learn of SCP-7776 are to be detained, interrogated to determine how they learned about the anomaly, and then terminated. Site-93 surrounds and is integrated within the local village within which SCP-7776 is located. This village operates in partnership with the Foundation in the containment of SCP-7776, observing similar precautions in regard to communication, monitoring, and maintaining an insular community. It is otherwise autonomous. Four agricultural zones are maintained in a previously uninhabited location, 18 kilometers from Site-93 to contribute to the diets of inhabitants as part of an effort to maintain comfort and normalcy within the community. The use of anomalous technology and, in certain cases, other contained objects known to Site-93 personnel is permitted in the containment of SCP-7776 in lieu of full Foundation support. As such, a dedicated containment facility is maintained on-site for anomalies assigned to Site-93, sub-anomalies manifested by SCP-7776, as well as those irreversibly affected by ritual activity. In addition, an archive containing records regarding SCP-7776 and the region around the village is to be maintained, while the chances of discovery of any more documentation outside Site-93 is extraordinarily low. If any is discovered, it is to be contained here for reference and study. A total of eight Scranton Reality anchors have been placed in the middle perimeter wall surrounding Site-93. See attached materials regarding protocol in the case where the anomaly requires use of anomalous elements. Extant residents of been released and provided training by the Foundation to aid in the containment of SCP-7776. A number of these individuals have been granted Level 2 clearance exclusively in regards to SCP-7776 and are to insist in instructing and aiding Site-93 staff in the containment of the anomaly. Of note is that the people of and site personnel have jointly agreed to the prohibition of further children being born into the population. In the event that an unassigned Foundation member is detected approaching Site-93, they are to be detained regardless of rank and interrogated to determine the extent of their knowledge concerning SCP-7776. Should they be determined to have fallen under SCP-7776's effects, they are to be integrated into Site-93 staff until further review. Individuals of Level 4 clearance or higher, regardless of status or standing in the Foundation, affected by SCP-776, are to be terminated immediately. All staff and affected individuals are to convene in Town Hall at 9 a.m. daily in order to allow for the reception of the day's ritual dictation. Each ritual must be described in accurate detail before witnesses and recorded to the on-site network for posterity. Should it be determined that the received ritual is not excessively harmful or traumatic, the receiver of the vision may be allowed to undertake the ritual within the following 24 hours, if they choose to do so.
Should no ritual be undertaken within a period of 19 days, the next ritual must be undertaken as per decree of the on-site ethics committee and directors. Failure to complete a critical date ritual is to be severely punished, and incentivization programs are to be instituted to encourage ritual activity. Staff assigned to Site 93 and the people of must remain on site until death, with escapees to be apprehended or terminated. As such, Site 93 has been outfitted with various recreational activities, therapeutic, amnestic, and physical therapy suites. A wing of Site 93 is to be maintained for the purpose of providing counseling, palliative care, and medical attention to staff following ritual procedures. Description SCP-7776 is a groundwater well in the center of possessing a unique structural composition which does not match building materials or composition techniques historically common to its region. It possesses various anomalous qualities, the most immediate of which is a cognitohazardous affliction of one's perception of the well. These effects persist in situ, though audiovisual media or through one's understanding of familiarity with the well. Cognitohazardous anomalies can become ingrained in an individual who has merely learned about the well's appearance through a complete description and does not rely on visual or tactile contact. Afflicted individuals describe that they can perceive a gateway or window at the bottom of the well, which leads to a pocket dimension, cavern, or rarely, a bubble that houses an undefined hostile force. This force hereby referred to as SCP-7776-A is described only in an individual's understanding of its apparent intentions and never a physical appearance or assumed nature. Descriptions by victims universally describe the intent of SCP-7776-A to climb the well and enter our reality, as well as an immense cruelty and capacity to enact harm to all life on Earth. This understanding also comes with an understanding that this malice may be repelled through performance of a daily ritual. The well becomes the subject of intense fear, recurring nightmares, and an aversion towards discussing the anomaly, favoring compulsive self-soothing behaviors and a desire to perform the daily ritual. Each day at 9.27 p.m., one or more persons affected by SCP-7776 will experience an audiovisual hallucination informing them of a set of ritual behavior to be performed near SCP-7776 in order to ensure SCP-7776-A does not emerge. Hallucinations are described as visions, often in the religious sense, and are painful to the subject's eyes and teeth. Rituals are often painful or degrading, and sometimes deadly, as well as nonsensical and costly in every sense of the term. Amnestics may remove an individual's fear of SCP-776-A, but will not remove the occurrence of these visions. Visions often reinstate SCP-776's effect through the mental image of the well imposing itself on the subject. Ritual visions are never identical, though there are recurring trends and themes. Rituals use a specific chant, referred to here as the standard ritual chant. This chant is not in any known language or dialect and its meaning is unknown. Personnel are not capable of spontaneously reciting the chant, but instead feel as if they must attempt it to the best of their ability. After experiencing a vision, afflicted subjects experience a powerful urge to carry out the ritual in order to prevent the egress of SCP-7776-A into our reality. This urge gradually fades if actions are not performed within a 24-hour period, though subjects will usually experience additional 
infrequent visions in following days. The process or criteria determining which individual or individuals will experience these visions is not known. It is believed to be random. Additional visions depict increasingly complex and invasive rituals, leading to the mental degradation of subjects through heavy stress. SCP-7776's secondary effects on local reality also become increasingly pronounced. As such, it is imperative that rituals are carried out as soon as is deemed safe in order to minimize complications. Rituals develop according to the number of subjects who share the vision, as well as the resources available. Complexity and cost scale drastically with group size, and often include elements that demand great personal or professional cost to specific individuals. This may include emotional tolls, monetary transactions, political influence, and in certain cases, the use of other anomalous items within the reach of the Foundation in order to complete. The scale of a ritual may also demand additional persons being brought in, whether for inclusion in the performance or rarely as a captive audience. The failure of a given ritual may lead to SCP-7776 imposing severe effects on local reality. But reactions from the object do not correspond to ritual scale, complexity, or level of violence. Failures universally expand SCP-7776's influences, however, and must be avoided. The ambient effect of SCP-7776 are profound, though the area of effect is limited and centered to the well itself. Liquids that pass beyond SCP-7776's mouth convert into a thick, corrosive fluid. This fluid is shown to be able to sustain biological function in damaged human tissue when removed from SCP-7776 and diluted with one part fluid and eight parts water. Weather patterns in a 17-kilometer radius of Site-93 remain overcast despite regional weather patterns, with multiple thunderstorms and snowstorms each month year-round. Native wildlife passively maintain a distance of approximately 10 kilometers from SCP-7776. Migratory bird populations will pass through this 10-kilometer range, but flight patterns often form spirals or rings, and birds display severe confusion upon landing within the area of effect. No notable effects persist in animals that enter and then leave this area of influence. Persons residing within SCP-7776's area of effect may experience anomalous physical changes, such as normally straight hair becoming curly, or fingerprints changing into irregular spiral shapes. These effects are uncommon and do not appear to be hazardous. On occasion, personnel may discover spontaneous dental growth in the palate in a spiral configuration. Several individuals have spontaneously experienced ocular degeneration, with their pupils and irises changing in shape. As Foundation personnel remain in Site-93 for longer, similar alterations are being discovered with increasing frequency. As stated above, Nightmares and visual hallucinations are common in individuals who spend time within SCP-7776's area of effect, audio hallucinations of whispering or distant gibberish, or the feeling of hands and breath upon one's bare skin are reported. These are believed to be connected to SCP-7776 and not the result of natural stress responses. Should no spontaneous visions, and therefore no ritual activity, occur in the vicinity of SCP-7776 for more than a week or more, the above effects will become far more pronounced and severe. The area of effect will expand outward, and other more severe effects may occur. This include unstable or randomly shifting topography, 
precipitation composed of blood or viscera, mental fog, mass hysteria, and more. On several occasions, SCP-7776 flooded, with volumes of corrosive fluids and fragmentary fresh human remains ejected from the mouth of the well. During these occasions, humanoid figures composed of mud appear in the immediate radius of the well, and an extreme increase in the population of aggressive Rattus norvegicus, or common brown rat, appear within <laughs> and Site 93. Due to the severity of SCP-776's reality warping effects, the performance of rituals is imperative to not only minimize these occurrences, but to also prevent the entity of SCP-776-A into our world. Those who have studied SCP-776 for an extended period of time, such as those of us at Site-93, the villagers residing in Donald Duck before the Foundation's arrival and other groups who encountered the anomaly long before have noted the sheer randomness present in the visions detailing the rituals. While the rituals do become more complex, harmful, and dangerous as time between rituals increase, many of those interviewed commented on the belief that luck is a significant factor in not only the assignment of visions, but also the content of the rituals. Beyond the universally negative nature of the rituals, the only commonality between them is a requirement to recite a chant in an unknown language. Research to identify this chant is underway. The following are excerpts from the Log of Rituals. Ritual date, March 12, 2003. Persons involved, Senior Researcher John Rollins. Day since last ritual, 8. Ritual completed, yes. Ritual Summary the subject removed all clothes and embedded 17 nails in the sole of each foot and proceeded to use the blood from this action to draw a spiral glyph on his chest. The subject then proceeded to perform a fast jig dance around SCP-7776 whilst repeating the standard ritual chant for 174 minutes until loss of consciousness. Subject was taken for treatment immediately following the ritual and is expected to regain the ability to walk within three months. Ritual date, November 30th, 2010. Persons involved, Jen Nowick, Zuzina Nowick, Sergeant Mark Albert, Dr. Sadie Parker, Tucker Pedersen, Private Hayden Samuels. Days since last ritual, 19. Ritual completed, yes. Ritual summary, all subjects were required to draw straws. The individual drawing the shortest straw fled into the area surrounding Site-93. After a period of one hour, the remaining subjects pursued Tucker Penderson for 256 minutes before terminating them via shotgun. A cut of meat from the deceased was then prepared and consumed by the remaining subjects. Surviving subjects then carried the body back to Site-93 and deposited it into SCP-776 after, in, after intoning the standard ritual chant. Psychological counseling was provided to the surviving subjects. Significant unrest was noted in the population of former D-class personnel due to the deceased's former status. All ritual participants were noted to have been directed by their visions to choose a subject to hunt and elected to make this decision in the fairest way possible. Ritual Date August 17, 2008 Personnel involved Dr. Katarina Slovo Day since last ritual 3 Ritual completed Yes. Ritual Summary 
Dr. Sobel collected all photographs and mementos of loved ones outside the site and deposited them within SCP-7776 while reciting the standard ritual chant. All deposited items smoldered but remained on top of the surface of SCP-7776's corrosive liquid for a period of 24 hours until the enactment of the next ritual. Ritual Date May 3, 2000 Persons involved Site Director Severov Polinsky Days since last ritual 32 Completed? No. Ritual Summary Director Prelinsky reported receiving a vision detailing himself ordering the retrieval of SCP from site and force feeding it SCP-7776's corrosive liquid in large quantities whilst reciting the standard ritual chant before directing its release in a nearest civilian population center. Director Polinsky resigned command of Site-93 on conditions of being rendered ineligible for promotion following event 7776-Omega. Ritual date, October 13, 2020. Persons involved, Private Grace Porosis. Days since last ritual, 19. Completed, yes. Ritual summary. Subject recovered an ornate ring from SCP-7776 and placed it on her left ring finger before reciting a slight variant of the standard ritual chant. The subject then proceeded to consume a sample of SCP-7776's corrosive liquid with no ill effect. Following the ritual, the ring was unable to be removed. On October 13, 2021, Private Porosis failed to report for guard duty and was later located within her quarters in an excited, catatonic state with numerous semi-human bite wounds on her person. Private Porosis appeared unable to vocalize except through sobbing and laughter. Treatment has been unsuccessful. Ritual date, December 25, 2014. Persons involved, Jan Nowick, Suzanne Nowick, Nita Nowick. Day since last ritual, 18. Completed, no. Ritual summary. Jane and Suzanne Nowick described a vision requiring them to place their youngest child, Nina Nowick, age 4, inside a sack alongside several stones, recite the standard ritual chant, and deposit the child into SCP-7776. All subjects were distressed by this vision, but willing to participate in the ritual. Despite protestations of one Rostek Osnovitsky, Foundation personnel decided that this ritual was not to be completed. Ritual Date February 23, 2021. Persons involved, Thomas Boca. Days since last ritual, two. Completed, no. Ritual summary. Mr. Boca experienced a vision wherein he was to retrieve a packet of unknown seeds from within SCP-7776, recite the standard ritual chant, and plant them in specific locations within Site-93's agricultural zone, Due to the vision failing to adequately depict the consequences of completing this ritual, it was deemed too great of a risk to the survival of the staff. Ritual Date April 28, 2022 Persons involved Commander Arthur Shepard Hilvini Kampainen Day since last ritual 1 Completed Yes Ritual Summary Subjects consumed an uncooked goat shank and deposited the bones into SCP-776 when finished. The subjects then placed a cover and bedding over SCP-7776, reciting the standard ritual chant, and slept for nine hours over the well. Both subjects have subsequently been observed spending large portions of time together following this ritual. Investigation is underway. Ritual Date, September 5, 2018. 
Persons involved, Dr. Hank Gardner. Days since last ritual, 13. Completed, yes. Ritual summary. The subject retrieved the knife from SCP-7776 and proceeded to remove a portion of muscle from his upper thigh, recite the standard ritual chant, and consume the removed material. Prompt medical attention was able to ensure minimal damage to the subject's mobility. A stomach pump was administrated as soon as possible. Ritual date, October 27, 2021. Persons involved, Sergeant G. Chalumbold. Days since last ritual, 16. Completed? No. Ritual Summary Sergeant Chalumbo received a vision instructing him to recite the standard ritual chant before utilizing on-site defenses to fire upon civilian air traffic. All parties unanimously rejected the proposition of enacting this ritual. Ritual Date November 19, 2021 Persons involved? Dr. Gordon F***. Days since last ritual? 1. Completed? Yes. Ritual Summary Gordon approached SCP-7776 and withdrew a 750mm glass jar from within the well and proceeded to urinate into it while reciting the standard ritual chant. Once the vessel has been filled, Dr. Gordon sealed the jar with its cap and deposited it within the well. Dr. Gordon reported feelings of hallucination and confusion following the event. Ritual Date December 16, 2007 Persons involved Dr. Amir Reddy Private Evelyn Tanner, Jackson Wells, Dr. Max Ventori, Abel Bonhart. Days since last ritual, 10. Completed, yes. Ritual Summary All subjects gathered around SCP-7776, drew blood from their left palm, and drew spiral symbols on one another's foreheads before forming a circle around SCP-7776. The subjects then continuously recite the standard ritual chant as they circled SCP-776 in a clockwise direction a total of 17 times. All subjects' hands gradually became grafted to each other over the course of the ritual. Surgery to separate the subjects' hands was rapidly undertaken following enactment of the ritual under the guidance of Dr. Reddy over the course of seven hours, and was able to return up to 90% mobility in affected areas. The subjects reported that in spite of understanding the risk of the ritual, they felt obligated to enact in an effort to prevent larger numbers of site staff from suffering. Discovery SCP-7776 was discovered by the Foundation in March of 2000, after first contact was made with inhabitants of Rescue teams searching for the wreckage of Flight JQ-7923 reported being fired upon by locals in an apparently uninhabited area of the high Tatras mountain range. The attackers included several survivors from the missing plane. Upon interception by law enforcement, civilian inhabitants of the village were found to be without record or identification. They also lacked any familiarity with modern technology. The Foundation took notice after it became evident that all civilians repeated nearly identical warnings regarding a danger in the mountains. Satellite imaging located the village of Redacted. Remote surveillance was performed until the plane's remains were discovered just over seven kilometers away. Several survivors were identified, as was the route they took by foot to At the time, it was assumed that the inhabitants were affected by an anomalous force, and they had coerced survivors to participate in rituals placing them under the influence of the anomaly. At the time... No Foundation personnel had been affected by what would later be defined as SCP-7776. 
so it was theorized the villagers were the source of the anomaly. It was decided that would be converted into a remote site, and Foundation operatives were to contain the inhabitants of the village, with the rescue of the airline survivors being a secondary objective. This was dubbed Operation Golden Eagle, and was largely successful as per the objectives defined in the mission plans. Despite this, numerous inhabitants of the village were able to flee into the surrounding wilderness. Construction of the site began, and the village's inhabitants were contained for study, along with survivors of Flight JQ-7923, determined to be affected by the anomaly. Site-93 personnel then began searching for the escaped villagers. Foundation personnel were instructed to report symptoms and were administered amnestics if found to be affected. It was believed that the anomaly was an info hazard spread by the villagers rather than from what is now known as SCP-7776. With no rituals being performed, SCP-7776's reality-altering effects rapidly became more pronounced. As the villagers were thought to be the source of the effect, study into the captured villagers was made the highest priority. Within a week, the entire site personnel body was affected by SCP-7776, and many had begun to call for rituals to be performed. These individuals were contained alongside 62 of inhabitants. The following weeks were marked by rising casualties to SCP-7776's effects, with Site Director Svarag Pilecki being forced to order reinforcements from other Foundation sites. By April, SCP-7776 reached a critical point, affecting an area within a regular radius averaging 80 kilometers and causing catastrophic casualties, resulting in Event 7776-Omega. See Addendum 7776-Omega. Following these events, Site Director Svarag Pilecki established current containment procedures. Materials required to finish construction of Site-93 were ordered from the larger foundation to be delivered to a remote delivery point, and additional resources were sourced from other organizations in an effort to disguise Site-93's imminent secession from the foundation. Upon completion of Site-93, the following message was sent to the O5 Council. Twelve months ago, 783 people were sent to contain SCP-7776 in the frigid mountains, uprooting their lives and settling an area unknown to the modern world. They left behind families and friends, knowing that by rounding up these dangerous anomalies they would be keeping the world safe. They were wrong, as was I and that has led to the deaths of 692 of these brave souls. The people here were not so crazed, and even less dangerous than we thought. In fact, they've been doing our job for us for hundreds of years. They tried to warn us of an anomaly we didn't believe in, even as we interrogated them under the misguided belief that they were under the effect of an info-hazard. All the while they tried to explain to us the danger that we and the world were in. I am writing to you now to warn you that this threat is very real. SCP-7776 is not an idea guiding individuals towards thaumaturgy and anomalous rituals. Rather, it is the reason these rituals must be performed. And it is the reason that you must not know any more than is absolutely necessary. What we guard at this site has the potential to harm anyone who comes into contact with it. But with a Foundation presence, 
It has the potential to harm billions through us, including the entire SCP Foundation. That is the reason that as of now there is no longer an us. Effective immediately, you are to cease monitoring of this site. We've already scrubbed your servers of records relating to SCP-7776 that would be harmful to the Foundation and to you on the Council personally, and have implemented our own remote subnet on-site. You may contact us at your leisure through this secure line, but be aware that, in order to properly contain SCP-7776, we will not be at liberty to disclose any information beyond what you already know. This is for the safety and integrity of the SCP Foundation and the O5 Council, and we will not allow you to become compromised. While we mean no harm to any of our sister sites or any Foundation personnel, be warned that we have no choice but to enforce this parting with lethal force. A 20-kilometer exclusion zone around Site 93 is now in effect, and anyone seen entering this zone will be terminated. This is for the good of all. I do not doubt that you will attempt to reconnect with us, and we have taken measures to prevent this. You will not see the inside of this site, and you will not be compromised by SCP-7776. I am sorry it needed to end this way. Goodbye. Site Director Svarog Pilecki. Site 93. History of the community. Current understanding leads us to believe that was founded sometime before the year 549 AD. An especially old structure in the southern edge of the village bears Roman iconography, warning of plague within the town. In 1379, Pope Urban VI and King Louis I of Hungary, which then included Slovakia, ordered the village purged of its population for as of yet unclear reasons. Despite its isolation, has historically been self-sufficient. The primary mundane issue the town has historically suffered is inbreeding as a result of its natural isolation, with new arrivals often being lost hikers, plane crash survivors, or other lost individuals. As a result of this, the town's culture has a cosmopolitan nature, incorporating elements of new arrivals' cultures. On two occasions, individuals have discovered forgotten records indicating SCP-7776's existence and becoming afflicted with its mental effect, and come to through great personal expense. The archives where these records were discovered have since been acquired, filtered, and replaced. Among residents, SCP-7776 is reviled and described as the door to Obavana Ohavnos, literally, the dreaded abomination. As such, Performing of rituals to prevent this abomination's emergence is seen as a shared responsibility among residents of the village. Residents are tasked with chores and work six days a week and maintain close multi-generational bonds, as well as a culture of mutual aid to ensure every member is supported. The town's religion is nominally Catholic, though with a blend of Eastern Orthodox and regional Christian traditions as well. Of note are 12 suits of armor displayed within the central church each bearing the coat of arms of the Confraternity of St. George's Knights. Residents of the town attribute these as belongings to a group of saviors from the Middle Ages. Many homes within the village have a space dedicated to altars believed to be a corruption of Catholic shrines. 
with residents describing them as aiding in the containment of SCP-7776. It is unknown if this claim is accurate, and research into a belief-based effect of SCP-7776 is ongoing. Many residents of display physiological and psychological abnormalities. It is believed that this is due to long-term effects of inbreeding, exposure to SCP-7776, and the cultural and mental coping mechanisms required to inhabit such a remote, stressful environment. Long-term residents display higher than usual pain tolerance, stress thresholds, and individualism than seen outside of In addition, the occasional manifestation of low-level reality warping abilities such as minor telekinesis. Individuals born in the town have a higher rate of congenital conditions such as heterochromia, albinism, arachnodactyly, and acromagaly. Following event 7776-Omega and the completion of Site-93, Foundation personnel have largely been accepted by the inhabitants of Foundation technology and infrastructure has greatly benefited the population with the introduction of electricity, modern medical technology, agricultural technology, manufacturing, and construction. It is hoped that combining Foundation and local expertise will ensure indefinite containment of SCP-7776 and reduce harm inflicted on the population. The following is an interview with Darius Saberi, conducted by Dr. James Akello. Preamble Following the integration of population into Site-93, Mr. Saberi offered to explain aspects of the town's culture, history, and relationship with SCP-7776. Thank you for offering your time to us, Mr. Saberi. It's appreciated. Not at all. If we're going to be staying here, it's important for you to know our ways. A lot have been here longer than me, or were even born here, so they're pretty set in their ways. So you were not born here then? Well, that's just jumping straight into it. Didn't even give me a chance to light my smoke. Mr. Saberi proceeds to roll and light a cigarette as he talks. Want one? I'm fine. Thank you. Good. Was only offering to be polite. And no, I wasn't born here. I was just some tourist. I wanted to see wild animals. Really wild, you know. From the virgin forest, not on the back of a truck on a safari. Trekked up from... Had my camera, tent, provisions and all. I'd been out here for weeks photographing a pack of wolves. Real wolves, not those hair-covered half-dog city folks call wolves. And before you knew it, there were no animals anywhere anymore. What do you mean? I mean there was nothing. No tracks, no sound, no smell. It was like a world where only plants existed. Of course, I now know it was because they were smarter than me. They were afraid of the well, and I hadn't a clue. We have observed that. Yes. Most noticed that first. The next thing I noticed was Serge, an Azerbaijani pointing a gun at me and screaming something or other. I had no clue, but I was... I knew there was no cover behind me, so I ran through him. I wasn't about to get shot, and I figured there would be better places to hide behind him. <laughs> Fool I was. You didn't know then? Well, I do now. He chased me, trying to save my life, stopped me seeing the well, and I kept running. He didn't even have any bullets, I found out later. Too late. 
my life was already over. I'd seen the well over a hill, and it felt like I'd been kicked by a mule. The fear. It's always worst when you see it for the first time. I remember my first time, yes. What happened when you entered the village? They seemed sad. They felt bad for me. I was put in a room and everyone talked to me until someone spoke Iranian at me. Then they explained where I was, that I couldn't leave, and what would happen. I panicked, tried to run, but there were dozens of them, and I was tied to a board. Stayed that way until my first vision. Then, then I understood. There was no leaving. It was my job now to, to make sure Obvahana Obvahavnos never comes out of that well. That's quite a change in attitude. How long did it take? More than a week, less than two. What helped is the kindness I was shown. My wailing and crying were not scorned, but met with sympathy. I think, had they been the savages I first believed them to be, I may have taken my own life. Hmm, I see. Well, thank you for your honesty. Welcome. So, what can you tell me of the culture here? Everything centers around the well. It's our duty to keep Obavana or Havnosh trapped down there. And we do everything we can in service of that duty. In fact, many here think you do not take this duty seriously enough. How so? They think you wait too long between rituals. Before you came, it was never longer than three days between them. And the psychological toll of such frequent rituals? Mr. Siberi shrugs. Mm. You get used to it. I see. We will take that under advisement. Hmm. Besides... You've seen how we look after one another? The dances, plays. I met my wife here. Because we are open and tender, our hearts must be open to joy and truth rather than steeled against the good and the bad. I can see the virtue in that. Is that why religion is so important to your people? Our people. Our people. Uh, yes, we take our comfort where we can get it. Those of us who were born here even say that the church was built by heroes from a faraway land. It helps give us hope, especially since it's true. It is. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. Mr. Saberi produces a timber chest from his rucksack and passes it to Dr. Okello. These are letters from the heroes. They'll explain all about the church and the walls. Yeah, I see. I'll be sure our researchers get these. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Before I go, there's one other thing I need to ask. In all our research, we have not been able to understand how we receive the rituals. If Obavana or Havnost is so powerful and dreadful, it seems odd that we would simply be presented with the opportunity to stop it daily. Why do we receive them? Is there any reason taught here? Anything at all? Now, that's the age-old question, isn't it? Some of the old-timers, when I first came here, used to talk about some legendary figure that forced Obavana Ohavnosh, forcing it into the well, and cursed it to be bound by the rituals. I think that's crap. 
so do most of us. The prevailing theory is that it's a defense mechanism of the universe, or ordained by God, you know. It's adapted to things trying to get in this way, but that doesn't feel right to me either. What feels right for you, then? Surely not the theory that the rituals are gaming plays. No. That's horseshit. If it were a game, it wouldn't try so hard to win. It would just win. I think it's all just a random chance. Luck. Luck? Yeah. Luck. No one ever asked why vampires need permission to enter a building. They just need it. Lucky. Same thing here. We just got lucky. That thing in the well needs us to fail if it wants us to get in. That's all. No more, no less. That's certainly an interesting theory, Mr. Saveri. It may well be the case. But we prefer to know things for certain. Good luck with that. Hey everyone, it's Pacific here with a quick ad break and a reminder. For just $5 a month, you can get access to ad-free and bonus episodes on our Patreon at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. Or you can find a link to our Patreon in the show notes below. And now, a quick message from our sponsors. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. And now, back to this week's episode. Closing statement. Examination of the contents of the box provided by Mr. Saberi proved to be enlightening as to its history, particularly regarding its absence from maps and general knowledge. In addition to medieval-era holy artifacts, the box contained copies of letters sent from the Confraternity of St. George's Knights addressed to a superior at the Vatican in the late 14th century. Your Eminence, Cardinal Tebeldeski. Despite this most terrible winter, we have at last found this cursed hamlet, and indeed the king was most wise to beseech his holiness for aid. Not yet two days have passed, and already we have witnessed most terrible unholy rites performed. It is our belief that surely this is why the plague refused to touch this place. We have taken the settlement with little difficulty, for they possess no walls or militia, and have placed many of the pagans in irons for questioning. They, of course, deceive and blaspheme with their every breath. They claim to be godly people, yet only four are able to name the mother of our Lord and Saviour. I regret to inform you that despite our swift occupation of the hamlet, 
Many pagans did escape into the forest. Brother Kabani is confident they will be carried off by wolves and cold, but there has been no sight nor sound of any game for days now. Rest assured our sorties will hunt them down and bring them to holy justice. For now, we shall put any who refuse to take the cross to the sword. Yours in Christ, Dragomare Andorat, Knight Commander. Your Eminence, Cardinal Teveldeski. It is with a heavy heart that I must inform you that our hunt for the pagans has been plagued with failure and misfortune. While my men are great and formidable knights, these pagans hide and use foul sorcery to hinder us. These woods are thick, and the terrain too difficult for our horses. Even in the light of the sun, it can be dark as a moonless night in the deep woods, and they know this. At least we may thank the grace of God that no wolves or bears trouble us here. I believe they are afraid of what the heathens have done to this place, for the only beasts we see here are scabrous rats and the birds whose passing overhead seems to my eyes twisted and ungodly. Even such pure creatures as they are not safe from this evil. What's more is that the pagans steal into the hamlet past our watch to put spells and curses on us in the night. With each passing day, their toll weighs heavier on our hearts. The foul well here is clearly a great and terrible source of their magic, and has become a most frightful thing to behold. Daily we are plagued with terrible visions of this Anomalia Diabolica, and our attempts to destroy it are met with no avail. Even black powder, battering ram, and catapult fail to leave so much as a scratch. I fear that these pagans may take many months to root out, and as their spells continue to take their toll, it will only become all the more tiresome. Already we have lost seven brothers to these foul magics, but we have driven off each attempt by the pagans to reach their well. Brothers Fiore, Lancia, Caracciolo, and Palude simply sank into the ground itself as if it were not there. Those we have captive claim to detest the well as much as we, but only offer taunts in reply to questioning, claiming that we must engage in their sorcery to save ourselves. If I may speak frankly, your eminence, this business troubles me to my very soul. While I must present as bold and unbothered by the events around me for the sake of the men, I have never before seen an Anomalia Diabolica such as this. The visions with which it plagues us are so vile, but also of a nature that could not be known to any but oneself and the Lord. On the Sabbath, I was plagued with a vision wherein I took my blade and cleaved Brother Ferruccio open, only to seal Brother Enzo within him with needle and thread. How can this be? Long have I feared such a fate, as my father warned would befall me should I stray from my task when I was but a boy. But not to a single soul have I confessed this. No Animalia Diabolica I have faced has known of this weakness before. So why does this? I shall report on progress when it comes, though I expect it shall be slow. God be with us. Yours in Christ, Dragomari Andrat, Knight Commander. Your Eminence, Cardinal Tebeldeski. We have been fools. Even as the heavens rain blood upon us and the very earth has swallowed knight and pagan with no distinction, we have remained steadfast in our mission. Only myself and eighteen others have survived this place. We are cut off now. A horde of vermin encircles the hamlet and mercilessly consume any who stray too close. Even plate stands no chance as Brother Nicholas so awfully demonstrated. 
The earth at times births blasphemous deformities of mud and timbers that stalk the night, impaling those unfortunate to be in their paths upon themselves like macabre pennons. We dare not trust our own eyes, for we are plagued with fleeting visions of demons moving within the walls themselves. How we share these delusions I cannot say, but to believe them to be true seems almost worse than to not trust one's own eyes. The very earth beneath our feet is more akin to a battlefield than mud and sod, having turned to fetid meat that mingles with the mud underfoot. I have taken those of us left to the centre of the village, around the Anomalia Diabolica, and have erected defences. Among us are the remaining pagans, who, while lacking in skill at arms, possess great conviction and fortitude. I am ashamed to say that I have been uncharitable in my assessment of these people. Godless though they were, they have proven to be willing converts. Indeed, many take strength from the Lord's grace and have joined us at prayer. Conversing with them openly has taught me that these people were pagans not by choice, but happenstance. They have fallen prey to a terrible demon that makes his home within the well here, and have taken it upon themselves to keep it sealed within, lest it emerge and spread its corruption elsewhere. The visions that have hounded us are in fact the key to salvation, for they are the weapon used to combat this demon. The visions appear nightly now, more terrible with each passing day. The earth heaves like the belly of a pregnant mother, and it has been four days since we last glimpsed the sun. This can only mean the demon draws even nearer, and it is clear what we must do. We have attempted to vanquish this evil by all of our means, exhausting our holy water and spirits to no avail. All that is left is to heed the visions and pray that it is God's will, for I know not what else we can do. I draw strength from the knowledge that only the Lord sees men's hearts, and perhaps that means our visions have been his will. Lord, help us. Yours in Christ, Dragomare Underat, Knight Commander. Your Eminence, Cardinal Tebeldeski. It is done. Three nights ago, we performed a most horrible rite to drive the demon back into its lair and now only twelve of us remain. We have paid a terrible price, but order has been restored. Gone are the rats and blood, and I can think clearly once more. But our right was not enough. Still, we are granted vision from the Lord. It is clear we must remain here to guard this place. No weapon has proven capable of destroying the well, and I fear that any who gaze upon it shall be ensnared just as we have. I am sorry to say we have failed in our mission. All that is left now is to ensure that this cursed place cannot take more souls. It is my proposal that this is to be forgotten. Every map, every text, every scrap of knowledge is to be erased from the world so that none may come and be ensnared by this burden. We survivors shall fortify the town for this very purpose and shall require resupply to do so. Any who stray too close must be turned away by force so the demon's influence may stretch no further than it already has. Once our work is done and the fortifications built, we shall remain and serve out our days in opposition to this foul well. While we may have failed to destroy it thus far, I am confident that in time the strength shall be granted us to shatter our adversary. For surely with its destruction, so too shall come that of the demon. I pray that some day we may succeed. I am also pleased to bring tidings of the villagers here. 
all have accepted the Lord into their hearts, and they yearn with all their hearts for a house of God to be built in this place. Surely this is a sign that what I propose is just. Yours in Christ, Dragomare Andorat, Knight Commander. Addendum 7776-2 Reconstruction of Event 7776-Omega Prior to current containment procedures, Site-93 was primarily situated outside of walls as a small subterranean facility. The working theory was that a mimetic cognitohazard affected local citizenry, which would inflict mass hysteria. It was also believed that ritual behavior was a trigger for the disruptions to baseline reality. For a period of time after the initial discovery of SCP-7776, Villagers were held in containment and procedures were designed to suppress ritual effects. The primary goal at the time was to suppress and cure the then thought to be delusional effects evident in their behavior. This led to a 37-day period where containment rituals were performed. Witness testimony, surviving security and body camera footage, and examination of the area have been used to reconstruct the evidence below. During this period, the Foundation noticed increased instability in local reality centered on SCP-7776, as well as increased distress in villagers, who were prevented from engaging in ritual behavior. As effects became more extreme, the site suffered increasingly heavy losses. Within 15 days, all personnel on site became affected by the cognito hazard. Research Director Dr. Eliza Namath shifted priorities from containment of personnel towards putting significant foundation resources into ritual activity. Due to the extensive resources available to level 4 personnel, rituals prescribed by visions were extensive and massively draining, demanding 6-7 to seven figure financial commitments, political demands, and massive personnel requirements. Consequently, Site Director Svarag Pilecki was forced to request additional staff from the nearest site to compensate for the increasing number of casualties caused by SCP-7776's disruption of baseline reality. Contact with Site-93 was lost shortly thereafter. Days after Director Pilecki's request, a four-man survey team was dispatched from Site-120 to determine the severity of the situation and ascertain the resources and manpower required to resume normal operations in the area. Due to severe snowstorms, air travel was deemed impossible, and the team was forced to wait until the 4th of May for conditions to improve. A lack of roads or trails combined with the mountainous terrain of the area necessitated the use of all-terrain vehicles for the final approach to the site. Whereupon it was discovered that SCP-7776's effect on local reality has reached catastrophic levels. Survey Team Body Camera Log Alpha May 4th, 2000 Note only partial footage remains. Each segment is labeled with the timestamp on the recording. Begin log. 6.43 p.m. Camera's field of view displays the front of Survey's agent ST Alpha's ATV traveling through thick forest and approaching a break in the tree line. The ATV continues for approximately 60 meters before coming to a stop. 6.46 p.m. Other Survey team members stop in frame and dismount their vehicles. The cameras reposition as ST Alpha dismounts their vehicle and turn to show the top of a rocky outcropping overlooking a forest valley. With both Site 93 and located centrally at the distance of approximately 30 kilometers, the hill beneath the is observed to have rise significantly and visually pulsates in a slow rhythm. 
Many details are obscured by a heavy downpour of red liquid over the area, and several stationary structures superficially resemble tree roots can be seen descending from the cloud-covered over both the village and Site-93. Numerous spatial reality shifts can be seen affecting the village, causing some structures to briefly occupy the same space simultaneously before returning to their previous locations, with materials partially fusing together as a result. The team remained silent for an extended period of time as they observed. 6.51 p.m. SD-Alpha curses audibly. End log. Initial approach was hampered by SCP-7776's effects. A rainfall of blood had turned the ground into a bog, forcing the abandonment to the team's vehicles. Geometric anomalies were also reported and avoided by the team. As a result of these anomalies, the team was forced to circle the site several times before achieving entry, where they found the site running on emergency generators and unmanned. Numerous tracks were discovered emerging from Site-93 and moving towards the village but it was determined that the Foundation site should be investigated prior to the town. Exploration revealed that the containment wing had suffered numerous breaches, though the majority of its occupants remained in their cells. Inhabitants of the containment wing were segregated into different wards composed entirely of <laughs> inhabitants or of affected Foundation personnel. A large portion of those secured within their cells had entered into psychotic or catatonic states due to SCP-7776's effects. Some have become partially fused with the walls and ceilings of the cells, apparently being victims of spatial positioning shifts. The survey team also reported others who appear to have melted. Civilians remain largely catatonic or non-hostile, but a small number of affected Foundation personnel proved aggressive and attempted to assault the team. While the team was largely able to avoid confrontations with afflicted individuals, they were forced to engage a pair of conjoined Foundation staff members, resulting in the deaths of the victims and survey agent Bravo. Of those Foundation personnel contained within Site-93, 17 individuals, including Dr. Namath, proved to be lucid, though under the effects of SCP-7776. These individuals were released from their cells by the survey team where they explained that the worsening of SCP-7776's effects had disrupted the site's communications, and the Foundation's current understanding of the anomaly was entirely incorrect. When questioned about the status of the remaining Foundation staff, Dr. Namath explained that the worsening effects of the anomaly had caused them to experience windows of insanity or complete catatonia, and that they had last been observed heading toward SCP-7776. Following a briefing from remaining Lucid Foundation staff on the true nature of SCP-7776, it was determined that a ritual was to be conducted over SCP-7776 in order to avert a potential K-class scenario. The survey team aided the site survivors in restraining individuals from various containment cells and in gathering supplies needed to perform the ritual. Once properly outfitted, the group proceeded to exit the site and approach the village by standard transport. As the group approached the village, large numbers of rats were encountered swarming the area. This combined with the steep incline of the terrain, deep mud, and poor visibility caused progress to slow significantly. Approximately 200 meters from the southern gate of the village, both vehicles became strained as rats entered the exhaust and engine bays and caused obstructions to engine components. Flame suppression units were used to clear a path for the group to safely exit the vehicle and approach the village. 
The approach was slow as flame units were required to continuously fend off attack from rats, which displayed extreme aggression and no regard for their own safety, often charging suicidally into the flames in an effort to harm the group. Despite the onslaught, the group successfully entered the village, suffering only superficial injuries. Within the village, the presence of rats was much reduced. Reality within the village appeared more heavily affected by SCP-7776 than the surrounding area, with spatial, geometric, and gravatic anomalies causing the structures to intersect and fuse together at random. Numerous Foundation personnel were sighted within the village, slowly moving throughout the area in a counterclockwise route, in hysterical states, and frequently clawing at their own and each other's faces. Attempts to communicate with these individuals were unsuccessful, with the affected persons ignoring outside stimuli and incessantly shouting incomprehensibly. Corpses partially consumed by rats were present close to the point of entry. Survey Team Body Cam Log Alpha, May 4, 2000. Note, only partial footage remains. Each segment is labeled with the timestamp on the recording. Begin log. 7.53 p.m. Camera field of view displays the interior of Visibility is poor due to the downpour of blood from the cloud overhead. Intermittent bursts of flames disperse groups of rats crawling over the structures in large numbers. Several Foundation staff are in frame babbling incoherently. 7.59 p.m. Large root-like structures hanging from the cloud cover overhead. They appear to be composed of fungal-coated porous stones. Section of these structures can be seen breaking away and falling to the ground throughout the recording. 8.09 p.m. As the group moves through the village, a significant tremor rocks the area, forcing the group to stop and cause ST-Alpha to fall to the ground. From this angle, a spatial shift can be observed, affecting the small courtyard in front of the building. 8.12 p.m. Two trees and seven Foundation personnel appear to repeatedly flicker in and out of the same space in the center of the courtyard before returning to their original positions. 8.14 p.m. The tremor subsides and the spatial event eases, resulting in both trees and six of the individuals caught in the event becoming fused together. Undifferentiated human bodies stretched and torn by spatial shifts now match the form of the trees. While most of these individuals died immediately, one can has only partially fused to the tree, remaining semi-mobile suspended from the trunk at the height of approximately 3 meters. Following the central path of the village, the group continued towards SCP-7776 over the course of 20 minutes. Flame units saw continuous use fending off groups of rats and hostile humans devoid of reason with one individual in particular having to be terminated with small arms fire while attempting to assault Dr. Namath with a bear trap. As the group approached SCP-776 in the center of <laughs> progress once more slowed due to difficult terrain. Spatial shifts had rendered multiple routes of access impassable due to destructive spaces, vacuum, or gravitic anomalies, and flooding from SCP-7776 introduced caustic mud to the route. Remaining survey team members entered into a state of panic upon visual confirmation of SCP-7776, halting progress as established Site-93 personnel calmed them. At a distance of 60 meters, a tremor shook the area, driving the group to take shelter against the civilian structure's stone walls. SCP-7776 proceeded to release copious amounts of caustic fluid, with a thick and extremely dark appearance 
along with the deceased and nude bodies of three Foundation staff members. These agents had previously passed away on site and had been cremated. Each cadaver was observed to have broken jaws and damaged limb joints and eyes. During the tremor, a massive chunk of stone detached from one of the root-like structures overhead and landed adjacent to SCP-7776. The force of this impact caused the bodies emerging from SCP-7776 to be swept into a mass of mud and debris which slammed against the wall opposite the group. Later inspection of the fallen debris determined it was composed of a similar material to SCP-7776 itself. Survey Team Body Cam Log Alpha, May 4, 2000. Note only partial footage remains. Each segment is labeled with the timestamp on the recording. Begin log. 8.27 p.m. The field of view is initially obscured by ST-Delta, but shifts as a wave of mud, timber, stone, and disinterred corpses from SCP-7776 impact a wall approximately 6 meters from ST-Alpha. The footage shakes in time with the tremor as it lit by a gout of flame off-camera as ST-Alpha rises to his feet. The well can momentarily be seen in the background on top of a hill with the village walls behind it. The camera turns as ST-Alpha helps research assistant James Thompson to his feet. 8.28 p.m. ST-Beta is then seen rushing into frame and discharging her flame suppression unit in the direction of the mudslide. ST-Alpha turns rapidly bringing his own weapon to bear as the mass of mud, timber debris, and the corpses from SCP-7776 approaches, gradually taking on a vaguely infantile humanoid form approximately 3 meters tall. Dr. Nemeth can be heard directing the group into the smithy, shortly following by muffled screams from within. 8.31 p.m. The mud entity approaches the group, swinging an appendage and knocking ST-Alpha's weapon from his hand, impaling itself on the length of iron. The bodies of Alexander and Coolit protrude from the center of the entity, dead eyes absent and mouths agape. Green vapor and bodily fluids flowed freely from their orifices and wounds. The camera turns away as ST-Alpha retreats into the smithy, with ST-Beta and ST-Delta entering and bolting the door behind him. 8.33 p.m. ST Delta illuminates the smithy's dark interior with muffled flashes as he fires at a tangled mass of rats in a the corner. They scattered, revealing the grown corpse of Assistant Director <laughs> The flesh of his arms, back, and left thigh have been consumed, leaving his bones exposed. End log. After treating minor injuries suffered during the quake, the group proceeded to circle behind several buildings seeking a route to approach SCP-7776. More mud giants appeared and pursued the group, hampering their progress. Although slow, the giant's presence posed a complication. It was determined that the best course of action would be to approach SCP-7776 from the north and to get the wounded to a shed closer to the anomaly, where preparations could be made before performing the prescribed ritual. This route through the villagers' back alleys proved expedient and dangerous. The density of structures along the route impeded the flow of caustic mud, but allowed them to be ambushed by frenzied rats and hostile humans under the effects of the anomaly. Flame suppression units were used extensively to clear pockets of rats, and small arms fire dissuaded several hostile Foundation staff from pursuing the group. From the north wall of the village, 
the group proceeded to approach the anomalous well through the town square park area. By this point, flame suppression units were depleted, though the dwindling number of rats were still susceptible to small arms fire and flashbangs. Due to the burden of equipment required for the ritual, limited speed of the injured, and challenges posed by the terrain, 26 meters of travel took 40 minutes. When the bulk of the group had reached the top of the hill, the area was shaken by another tremor, caused by a spatial shift below the ground. A sinkhole opened in the earth at the base of the hill, and mud, blood, and debris began to circle into the void. Survey Team Body Camera Log Delta May 4, 2000 Note, only partial footage remains. Each segment is labeled with the timestamp on the recording. 8.37 p.m. ST Delta pushes a restrained Foundation member up the hill towards the remainder of the group. The view is distorted by blood raining on the camera lens. Mud and debris flows towards the camera as it slides down the hill. ST Beta grabs the restrained individual and hauls them up to the others. He turns in time to see a mass of wreckage sweep ST Delta down in a mudslide. ST Delta screams and swears as he's dragged down, desperately trying to find an anchor point with his hands. He turns over onto his back, facing the sinkhole. As he approaches, ST Delta can be heard praying in panic. 8.38 p.m. Upon reaching the base of the hill, ST Delta's camera circles the sinkhole repeatedly, with debris battering him until the motion stops. ST Delta can be heard screaming as he attempts to crawl his way out to solid ground, but mud continues to flow over him. The camera jolts and ST Delta screams again as he is dragged into the depths. End log. Site 93 recovered footage. Perimeter camera C. Begin log. 8.44 p.m. A static camera surveys the village with the battlements of the outer wall in the foregrounds and the entry square behind it. Beyond, the village stretches uphill, topped with a cluster of buildings in the center. Stone structures resemble tree roots can be seen descending from the cloud covers, partially obscured by the heavily precipitation of blood. 8.47 p.m. The camera detects movement and automatically zooms in on a humanoid figure emerging from the cloud cover at speed. The figure flails as it falls, and its legs collide with one of the aerial structures causing it to tumble through the air. The figure falls towards the ground for several more seconds before the image comes into focus, revealing that the target is survey team member Delta. Delta can be seen screaming as he falls, spinning towards the earth for 27 seconds before dying on impact. The camera refocuses on the corpse. Besides the fall damage, he suffered multiple burns prior to landing and was notably disfigured. 8.47 p.m. End log. Once safe, the group proceeded to prepare components for the ritual within a nearby civilian structure. Several of the restrained Foundation personnel were anointed with intricate patterns drawn in blood taken from Assistant Director before being Other components were arranged into a Class H probability device by Site-93 personnel. Members of ST-Alpha and ST-Beta moved to confiscate the device, but were prevented from doing so by Lucid Site-93 staff. ST-Alpha and ST-Beta members were then crucified on an improvised braking wheel, 
within the shed structure under the supervision of Dr. Namath. Dr. Namath then left in the direction of SCP-7776. Survey Team Body Cam Log Alpha. Note, only partial footage remains. Each segment is labeled with the timestamp on the recording. Begin log. 9.03 p.m. The camera's field of view shows the town center. With SCP-7776 in center frame, with the camera approaching the anomaly, numerous medieval stones and timber buildings can be seen behind SCP-7776, and the footage appeared to be lit by fires off camera. Fluttering continues to fall, and the large quantities of green tint black sludge can be seen gushing from SCP-7776, covering the entire area. A large, vaguely humanoid form with numerous arms attempts to emerge from SCP-7776, but seemingly unable to breach the top of the well. Ritualistically chanting can be faintly heard off camera, but is largely drowned out by the screams of ST-Alpha and ST-Beta. The camera continually jostles as ST-Alpha struggles. 9.43 p.m. A technical issue appeared to affect camera equipment at this point, and the recording timer is set to 0000. The timer remains non-functional. The following transcription is in relation to the point from 9.43 p.m. local time. 0007 hours. The Lucid Site-93 staff drags resistant personnel towards SCP-7776. Each resistant individual has been stripped of their clothing and appears to have had their mouths surgically altered. Their state is unclear due to camera angle and lighting. 0008 hour. Those orchestrating the ritual place each prisoner against the base of SCP-7776, with their arms draping over one another in a complex embrace involving twisting and their dislocating their shoulders. The rainfall no longer consists of blood, but has turned black and thin. 0013 hour. SCP-7776 floods. The sludge slips forth from SCP-7776 and flows over the captives, burning and melting their skin as it flows over them. The skin and flesh of the captives mix with the corrosive sludge and takes on the consistency of melted wax before spreading over the area. The figure within the well thrashes and flails all the more intensely, but remains unable to breach the surface. 4444 hours. Video resumes. SCP-7776 remains at the center of the frame, now entirely coated in web of organic material, presumably the melting remains of the captives. Green fluid flows freely along this material in small channels, giving off a sickly vapor. Masses of squirming black tendrils or worms can be seen coating the ground but avoiding the web of organic material descending from SCP-7776. The village building surrounding well now appears to be constructed of the same black stone as the well itself. Their windows are lit from within with flickering light. Black fluid, bright red blood, mud, and translucent oil-like fluid rise into the air, resembling a reverse rainfall. The ritual chanting is now the only sound audible on the recording. The scene is periodically illuminated by flashes of brown lighting revealing a colossal serpentine shadow with multiple arms, 
within the cloud descending towards SCP-7776. 0057 hours. SC-Alpha screams, and the ritual chanting falters as the entire frame shakes and distorts. Dr. Nemez's voice can then be heard resuming the chant as the rest of the survivors join her. 0101 hours. The survivors rises into the air surrounding SCP-7776, forming a circle. Each of them have been altered and mutilated, and their extremities connected to a necrot of warped and flayed skin stretching out behind them. ST-Alpha and ST-Beta grunt and gas as they are each impaled from behind by a large jagged shard of black stone. On the camera feed, the shard emerged violently from behind the frame. A length of organic tissue connects to the end of the shard, slithers out and dives into the center of SCP-7776. The organic tendril pulls taut and ST-Alpha bearing the camera. The camera begins to approach the well. The feed ends suddenly. 9.28pm The camera rolls down as if no longer being worn by ST-Alpha. The rolling stops as it strikes the corpse of an unidentified researcher. The smithy can be seen in the background, collapsing as the lens brings the image into focus. The rest of the square shows significant damage. Local reality appears to have returned to baseline levels, but there is no sign of the survey team or the Site-93 survivors. End log. Within two hours of loss of contact, Armed rescue teams were dispatched to recover them. They discovered the village in significantly worse condition than expected, with structures in states of extreme disrepair. No trace of the original population was found, and the remains of approximately 150 deceased Foundation personnel were recovered around the town. Many of the bodies were badly damaged by corrosion. Others had self-inflicted injuries to the head or bore evidence of mastication by rats. Autopsies discovered geometric brain deformations and esoteric symbols etched into teeth and bones. Four bodies were found with gastrointestinal tracts and aorta packed with dry rock matching local sources, and six had injuries consistent with deep sea decompression. Evidence-based analysis could not explain the cause of this anomalous trauma. Of those found within, only site director Svarag Pilecki was found alive within a cafeteria freezer unit, half submerged in the earth. Though he suffered severe self-inflicted facial wounds and bruising, Director Pilecki was able to resume duties. He possesses no memory of the incident. Examination of deceased rats in the village prior to their disposal discovered all were malformed, with scabrous fur, abnormal growths on their skin, and copious amounts of human and rat flesh in their digestive tracts. Judging from rodent populations and recordings of this event and eyewitness reports, a single-digit percentage of rodent corpses were recovered, in comparison to what was expected. Site-93 itself was comparatively unaffected. Site staff and village inhabitants sealed within bunkers and containment cells were shown to have a 72% survival rate, and were able to debrief the rescue team on the true nature of SCP-7776. Repair and expansion of the site commenced rapidly, and began its journey towards a more independent role in the Foundation.
SCP Archives was created by Pacific S. Obadiah and John Grills. SCP-7776 was written by Dr. Balthasar. Our script was by Kevin Whitlock, and our narrator is John Grills. Researcher was Marquise Moore. Savora Palenki was Graham Rowett. Dr. Okello was Damon Alums. Mr. Saberi was Kareem Cronfley. Gregory Andrat was Vic Collins. Our theme song was done by Tom Rory Parsons. Our editor was Veronica California. Our showrunner is Kale Brown, and I'm your producer, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our executive producers are Tom Owen and Brad Miska, and this is a Bloody FM show. For more information, visit bloody.fm. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.